Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So the, the chat's on fire here. Welcome to the live chat. Love to have you all here. So, well, we have Join family, of course. K-Rock and Roll. We got some new people here. <laughs> Tyson. T1980, B canceled, 0608, Rita 1103. Welcome to the chat. Love to have you all here. The chat's apparently going a little nuclear over to Don't Get Dead shirt. If you missed it, you'll see what I mean coming up in a second. Got an update on that. Big show today. Where to Renegades now? Big speech this weekend. Cool weekend update. Another thing happened with the FBI that apparently got played by the Ukrainians yet again. I feel like we're all getting played all the time by the FBI, don't you? And then another, another update. This is a question I'm being asked by almost everyone when I go out now, especially I was at Turning Point this weekend. What is up with the cocaine at the White House? 50% of you are sick of the story, 50% of you aren't. But there's an interesting update on this. And I think I know what happened now, how they're going to wiggle their way out of this. I'll show you what I mean. Big show today. Welcome on a Monday. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN? It's like uh, not paying attention to the safety demonstration on a flight. Listen, most of the time you're probably okay, but one day, God forbid, that mask drops down from the overhead and you have no idea what to do. Better be safe than sorry. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data and your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal info on the dark web. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. And it works on all your devices so you can stay secure on the go. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash Bongino. I don't know if you just heard that thunder. It's Florida in the summer. We get a lot of that. So if you did, forgive me. You may hear some more of it on the show. But, Joe, it's a Monday, my friend. I haven't spoken to you in a while. The audience misses you. Oh, so how are you, buddy? Happy you Monday, okay? and it sure is good to be back. No kidding. Yeah, man, it's good to have you. Good so to it's be not back. Same, and, and, oh, without you. you know, I was actually uh, experiencing that rainy season myself for the last few Joe days. Joe was in the great state of Florida, yeah. melting. Yeah, Joe's used to the Maryland 90-degree <laughs> yeah. summers, not the Florida 700-degree summers. So Joe aged another 30 years <laughs> uh, coming down here. His DNA is effectively broken off <laughs> in the heat. But it's okay. It's okay. We'll give him some growth hormone or something and perk him right up. Good to have you back, though, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, He's not man. the same without you. Thank you. All right. So let's get to it. So I gave a speech this weekend at Turning Point. The place was packed. It's Charlie Kirk's group. Uh, I heard they had 7,000 people there on Friday. I got to tell you, on Saturday, there were only a few empty seats, and they weren't even empty. The only reason they were empty is because they were on the far left side of a massive auditorium where you couldn't see anything. So people left the seats to stand in the back. So there effectively were no empty seats. They were just standing. The place was packed. Now keep in mind, it's the summer, it's Florida, it's hot. And the turning point event was packed wall to wall. And I, I, I just, I've done a lot of events. It's been 10 years, not to belabor this point, the energy right now before this political presidential campaign, it's as hot as I've seen as back in 2016. It's hot, folks. Vivek had a big turnout for his group. Uh, Trump's speech was packed. Uh, my speech was packed. Don Jr. spoke before me. Uh, I wore a shirt. Let me get this out of the way. Uh, some of you may, may like this shirt. Uh, Justin, you said the chat was feisty about it. 
Okay. All right. Justin said there were a lot of people excited about it. So first timer, Dan, J.M. Mustard. Good to have you in the chat. A Y for yes, you want this shirt. An N for no, you don't. Do you want this shirt in the store today after the show? Okay. Okay. Show us the shirt. Well, here it is. I wore it. I premiered it at the uh, Turning Point speech. It's Don't Get Dead, the Dan Bongino show. This is uh, one of two. I wore the other. This is a Schmedium. I actually wore a large this weekend, which I rarely, if ever, do. Uh, do you want this? It's, it's unanimous. It is unanimous. Wow. The rumble is melting down right now with yeses. I figured that in advance, so I cheated. The lovely Miss Paula came up before the show and said, you want to launch it today or what? We were going to do a special one. So we're going to launch it today at store.bongino.com. So let's spread this around the country to don't get dead rule. I'll show you a portion of the speech uh, where this kind of whole thing came up uh, in a second. But yes, wow, lo I love you all. Uh, this, by the way, again, for the thousandth time, it is not a money-making endeavor for me. All of our proceeds, all of our proceeds go to charity. We have some shipping costs and other things, but it's not a money. It's for you guys. So here it is again. Don't get dead. The number one rule of the Dan Bongino show. And I gave my speech this weekend about how liberals help you get dead, but also how we're the renegades now. We're the misfits now. It's us. Here's about a minute of the speech. Got a standing ovation. Felt really good. I don't get out a lot. Check this out. We are the misfits now. We're the renegades. We are the counterculture that some of you older than the 25-year-olds remember from the 60s. That's us now. And you know what? For as much as you didn't like them, it took a little guts back then to say, hey, I don't know about this Vietnam War thing. Like them or hate them, they, just, they decided they were going to throw it out there, maybe smoke a doobie and do their thing. They were the misfits, right? Now, I don't smoke doobies. It's bad for you. Don't do drugs. Remember the Nancy Reagan egg thing? Don't do drugs thing, right? Having said that, I am begging you to please stick with us, man, because there is no courage without fear. And there is a second creation out there. There is a God out there. And you are one day going to have to go there with your CV resume for life. And that better have some suffering in it, because it's only through that suffering that you are going to understand real joy and real pleasure. That look on your kid's face as they hit that single to win the game. You are only going to understand that. And it is only going to matter if you intentionally put yourself through suffering and pain, God puts you here to enjoy your life, but make no mistake, he puts you here to suffer too. You would never understand happiness if you can't contrast it with the unbelievable sweat equity you have to put into getting through your everyday life fighting for freedom. There is no courage without fear. So go forward, embrace it, be afraid. Be a little scared. That fear is natural. Fail. Fall down. Get back up. But understand, you are on the right side of freedom and liberty. You are the tip of the spear. And this country won't get dead if you keep it up. Yeah, you're damn right it won't. We're the misfits now. We're the renegades now. We're the counterculture now. That's us. That's not them. Want to be a damn lemming? You want to be some shit-faced loser lemming following the, uh, the current zeitgeist of the time right off the cultural cliff into the abyss of stupid? Be a liberal. It's easy. You'll get a pass. I told everybody at the event, the young kids there included, you want the easy path? Don't join our movement. Don't. As a matter of fact, we don't want you. 
You're just going to bail out later when the time gets tough, and we don't need shitbirds. You want to take on a real challenge, man? You want to be a you want to be a cultural shit grenade thrown into the tent of the current losers, uh, you know, uh, zeitgeist of the time? Then yeah, man, we're ready for you. Because this little ragtag army of culture warriors, it's taken on trillion dollars in corporations between Disney and Target and Bud and others and is winning. We're doing a damn go- a good job, a damn good job in the guerrilla warfare for the ideological future of our country. We're winning. We're winning. We're the ones that are doing all this damage to this army of anti-American, anti-liberty, sexualizing kids that they think is our future. They thought they were going to have an easy fight and they don't know what to do. We're the renegades now. You guys are the new hippies of the next generation. You know, it's funny, man. I brought that up. Like, you look back, these hippies ruined the country. They went later on to infiltrate our institutions and they knew exactly they were doing what they were doing. And at the time, American culture looked down on a lot of them, but you got to give them credit. They stuck together, man. And they understood that there was some, there was some reflection of cool, of, of some of the being like against the mainstream, you know, raging against the man, bro, raging against the machine, man, whatever. Nobody's raging against the machine anymore on the left. Matter of fact, the, the band Rage Against the Machine that I love are the machine now. They're a nothing but <laughs> yeah. a group of doctrinaire, fake, phony liberals subscribing to this culture war against freedom. You be proud, man. Stand up, right? Dust off, chest out, chin up. Well, you probably just saw my unit rather than my chin. Oh, nice. Yeah. You like that? Uh, I don't like it too much. No. (laughs) You. You are the culture warriors of this time. You. You. And I love you for it. And I'm going to be there with you, man. This show is dedicated to you. And only you. I don't give a shit about swampies, elected Republicans. I don't want no job. I don't need nobody's money. Yeah, it's not proper English. Yeah, it's for a reason. That's how I used to talk before I became un, you know, before I became civilized from my former savage self. But there's that savage side of me. It's not going to go away. Maybe we need more savages. We're the renegades now, man. Don't you ever forget it. And if you're looking for a soft landing, then get the hell out of this movement because this ain't the place for you. This thing here, this means something. Not a little piece of fabric or cloth, less than a penny of some cheap filament type material. That's not why this is worth something. A plastic stick here you could bend. This is worth something to me and all of you because it's an idea. An idea the left gave up on a long time ago. But this little ragtag army of freedom-loving misfits fighting for civil liberties out there, they understand that it's not about this cheap piece of filament-type paper, whatever the hell it is. It's the idea behind it that matters. That's you. You're the warriors there. Just let that stew a minute. And while you're at it, don't get dead either. Because liberalism is going to help you get dead fast. I wish you could have seen that speech, folks. I, on, as the Lord Almighty is my job, I only thought about it for 
a little bit before I went in there because I just like to be inspired. Call me crazy. I'm not saying I don't think these speeches through, but I don't think them through and I don't write them down. I mean, you'll notice there's, there was no teleprompter at the event. I'm not reading from a cheat sheet. I just like to be inspired. And gosh, when I was there, man, I spoke for 21 and a half minutes. And let me tell you something. I've never felt so much energy in a room. It was just a burst, man, like right into my veins like an IV. And I haven't been out of the house, at least in a group like that, for a long time. So thank you to everybody I met. All right, let me get back to the show because I got a lot to talk about here. So listen, man, I've never seen a piece that better sums up this kind of Manichaean fight we're in right now. You and I, the rebels, the renegades, and the misfits for the future of this country. I've never seen a piece that sums it up better than this tweet I'm going to put up on the screen. This is by a writer at the Washington Post. It's a hapless buffoon, a woman by the name of Emily Yar. And just to be clear what these misfits and renegades, we, we are. We are the misfits and the renegades right now, building and working in this parallel economy, right? We're fighting for a future that is blind to the melanin content of people's skin, blind to their religion, that judges people on what they do, not what they look like. That's what we are supporting. We want a race-blind culture. And also, we want a culture regardless of whatever you, uh, you know, call your sex. Your, we just don't want anything else to take over and create obligations. Everyone should have the right to exist and the right to do and the right to exist as an American citizen with all God-given rights with them. But we don't want obligations put on other people uh, to have to accept anything that they don't agree with, especially because of their religion. That's the fight coming up. I have never seen a piece cover it better than this. You may laugh. You'd be like, this piece? Yes, this piece. So this Emily Yar, this hapless buffoon at the Washington Post, writes his piece. I'm a big country music guy. But I got to tell you, I like Morgan Wallen. I listen. I don't. I love Luke Combs, but I haven't heard the whole album or anything like this. So Luke Combs has a new song out, and it's a cover of Tracy Chapman's "Fast Car." If you don't remember this song, and you're Joe, oh, yeah. you, you got to remember this. Hey, I mean, got a fast car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This this song was epic. Tracy Chapman had this song "Fast Car." I don't know if it was from the '80s or '90s. It doesn't even matter. I think it was the '90s. But the car, the song was amazing. Luke Combs covered it. So, of course, the Washington Post has to make a racial incident because Luke Combs, a white country singer, and Tracy Chapman was, I didn't know she was gay, apparently is black and is gay. Nobody knows because nobody cared because we just liked the song. So she writes that this song, the cover, given that the Luke Combs cover has been such a tremendous success, is bringing up some complicated emotions in fans and singers who know that Tracy Chapman, as a queer black woman, would have an almost zero chance at that achievement level. What the... What are you talking about? This, Joe. Yeah. Was this song not a monster hit by Tracy Chapman? Oh, yeah. Everybody was humming that song. You've got a fast car. Yeah. It, 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 it was, was everywhere. Been, it was freaking everywhere. It was everywhere. This song, not a single person I know in Glendale where I grow up didn't know the song Fast Car. The, the, the video on MTV, when MTV still played videos before they went crazy, was everywhere. This song was everywhere. So, of course, Community Notes got their revenge. Fast Car by Tracy Chapman was nominated for three Grammy Awards, including Record of the Year and Song of the Year. She won for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance and Best New Artist. She has seven other nominations for Grammys and two wins. So here's what I'm talking about by how this sums up the cultural, pathetic zeitgeist of the time where we are now. A couple of things about this piece. The author at the Washington Post, takeaway number one, is an idiot. 
which speaks to the media ecosystem in general. How people who are much dumber than you and I get to write pieces on massive platforms telling us how dumb we are. Oh, look at you idiots listening to Luke Combs' take on Tracy Chapman's song. If you only knew what I knew. Meanwhile, she's dumber than you because she apparently doesn't even know that this song was a mega, mega hit, okay? That's takeaway number one. <laughs> takeaway number two, these people are clearly not capitalists. This is an argument that a lot, a lot of people are, because people are piling on disturbed, but they're missing some obvious takeaways, all right? Tracy Chapman is probably going to make a fortune because, Joe, what happens when people cover your original song? You get A lot of people go back and yeah. buy what? The original song, Plus royalties, too. royalties, uh, uh, lots of royalties. Uh, thank you. You think Luke Combs got this song for free? Joe, do you get to just copy people's songs and re-record them? I'm not familiar with the nah, music. Can you do that? Not without giving them royalties no, if you're selling no, them. No, you know? no, thank you. Joe is an ac actual uh, musician guy. It's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, if you're a white man, then you can steal or else it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> Tracy Chapman <laughs> is probably going to make a fortune about this. As, pe around this. as people go back and listen to the original, like, holy Moses, that was a really great song. Now, point number three. Folks, on my life, I would not mess with you. Please trust me on this one. I love country music, but I don't have a lot of time. I really only listen to Morgan Wallen right now and a couple other artists. I didn't even know Luke Holmes had this song out. If you would have asked me about Fast Car, I'd be like, yeah, man, it was a great song by Tracy Chapman, who I never even knew was gay and didn't even care because I don't judge people by their gayness or straightness. I just like the freaking song. I didn't even know this song was out by Luke Holmes. So this idiot at the Washington Post writes about it. I want to listen to Luke Holmes' version. What do you think I said? Man, that's pretty good. And I bought Luke Holmes' song which they're making Luke Combs even richer. And finally, the last obvious point about this entire thing. This is never going to stop with the left. Ladies and gentlemen, they will find a racial argument in anything. Anything. Hey, Dan, even when it's, not only when it's not there, when it's not even plausible. Dan, what is that pink egg on your desk? Uh, it's a Secret Service Easter egg I, I found back in 2007. I found they, they gave to us as agents at the time. Pink. pink that, what are you advocating? White supremacy? There was a dude once at a rally who had a pink tie on. Who said, what the? What are you talking about? These don't laugh. This is how stupid these arguments are, where they dig racial arguments out of anything. Now, to sum this up, and I'm sorry if I took a little long on this, but it's so important you understand this in relationship to my speech. There is a future out there for this country. I'm long on it. And I think it's great. I think there's prosperity. And I think there's a genuine, genuine uh, a quest uh, out there uh, to, 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 to just not extinguish the light of liberty and freedom. And people are tired of these racial politics. This is the kind of stuff that's going to do them in. I promise you, this is not the future. But be the renegades and misfits and fight for a better future tomorrow. Because this, this shit's got to stop, man. It's got to stop. But he brings up a great point, Joe. And to the listeners out there in the chat, sorry, my phone timed out. I love to hear what you're saying in the chat. The demand for racism is is not just out outstrip the supply, as Guy said. It's it's not. You're right. It's that you're missing a word there. It's dramatically outstrip. Thankfully, the supply of racists. Mm -hmm. And when you have a party, the conservative movement that fights so strongly 
So much so that we're like begging minority voters to take a look at our party. You have nowhere else to go. So you just have to manufacture your widgets for your racist widget thing. Because there are no widgets left. That's why. All right. And folks, distorting reality like this to make you believe there's racism around every corner, it requires one thing, and it's suppressing the truth. Shockingly, Scary Poppins, who was going to be the minister of the new Department of Homeland Security, Ministry of Truth, is back threatening lawsuits and all kind of stuff. Remember, the best defense against a defamation lawsuit is what, folks? The truth. The truth. They better be careful here, too, because these slap statutes, strategic lawsuits against public participation are very strong. Believe me. I know. You got to be very careful with these things. All right. God, appreciate your pay. That was a crazy open, man. We've been <laughs> a lot of energy on Monday, as always. Quick break for our sponsors. Uh, uh, Birch Gold Group. As central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the United States. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. They could surveil you. They could even put a time limit on your money. Freeze part of your money, too. You want that? Hell no, you don't. Those are some of the reasons concerned Americans like me reaching out to Birch Gold Group or reaching out. They have to have, they want to have a physical asset independent from the U.S. dollar. That's gold and held at a tax sheltered retirement account. I bought gold from Birch Gold multiple times to make sure I'm diversified. Learn if gold is right for you. Here's how you do it. Text Dan to 989898. They'll send you a free information kit on gold. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold can help you diversify into gold. Text Dan to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold. Because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rates apply. Thanks, Birch Gold Group. We appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Scary Poppins is back. Now, I told you before, you this explains... The ruthless commitment of people on the left to censoring conservatives right now. And by the way, I just tweeted some out. I'm going to say it here on my show, too. Folks, you better be really careful. There's no, been no bigger defender of Elon Musk than me. No one. No one. But you've got a lot of people out there, even on the conservative movement, some of them a little grifty, who are like dialing all in on Elon. And let me tell you something. If you're actually looking at what's going on and not buying into all the hype, how sure are you that this guy's the big free speech savior, we think? Because I live in a world based on evidence. The thing they did with overseas commands to take down accounts and stuff and take down the information, the hiring of the, you know, uh, Yaccarino lady who clearly is, no, is not one of us when it comes to conservatives. Uh, this push to censor stuff on the platform. I, I'm not so sure, man. It's just interesting that fights this guy. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you now. Joe, this is a big flagon, but flagon 1123 on whatever today's right. date is. I think you're going to find in the flag it. You got to give it. Okay. You got to give me an announcement. I'm, yeah, not sure. uh, I'm not. I think we're going to find out in the near future that, and I hope, believe me, I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. I, I will celebrate it on the show because there's been no bigger fan of this guy than me, but I live in a world of evidence and we're not fangirling here or fanboying whatever on the conservative movement. This guy better start uh, start putting up. All right? A lot of stuff going on that you guys aren't aware of that this guy's doing. I'm not sure he's his free speech advocate. Everybody thinks he is. 
And we don't need that right now. We need more heroes for free speech. We don't need any more chumps. Look who's back, Scary Poppins. Remember she was going to run that DHS disinformation board, which is clearly (laughs) unconstitutional. The government has no role in monitoring free speech. It is literally written out in the Constitution. She's back. These people have no shame. This is a woman defending now the censorship of free speech, although they were wrong on the Russia hoax, the Spygate hoax, the laptop hoax, the the, uh, COVID hoaxes, the multiple COVID hoaxes that were out there. Here they are. Scary Poppins is back discussing disinformation. Check this out. Clinton, something interesting that that um, there's enough available information to sort of make your case no matter what your case is. But now in 2023, we're dealing with not just available information, but invented information. There was an incident the other day where Bill Browder, the uh, you know the, the the author who who spends a lot of time talking about Russia, uh, Bill Browder was deep faked in an interview with uh, Petro Poroshenko, the former president of Ukraine. Like it was an invented conversation that now gets put out there. And guys like me, we don't know how to make tell the difference between a, a, a faked video and a real video, uh, particularly in this this age of AI where it can mimic your your actions and your voice. So we're now not just dealing with available information, which my, you know, my my crazy uncle at Thanksgiving used to be able to do. Now we're dealing with real stuff that becomes hard to disprove. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Ali. And I mean, I think we're headed toward a really scary situation in the 2024 election um, as the Republicans continue to make efforts to push back on any sort of counter disinformation initiatives. Uh, We just saw last week, you and I talked about that injunction against the Biden administration from talking to any social media companies. There's been a temporary stay issued in that injunction. uh, But I think we're going to see probably that uh, ruling upheld as it gets heard in the Fifth Circuit. This is absolutely incredible. This woman, this appointment, she pulls herself back from this disinformation board appointment, right? turns into an embarrassing episode because people around her and her got caught in disinformation themselves while pushing a disinformation board. And yet they keep moving forward. Again, I told you in the beginning of the show, we're the real misfits now and the real renegades. Folks, they're not going to stop. If you think like exposing them as frauds and fakes is going to make them back down and back away, you're crazy. Andy Weissman, Peter Stroke, Nina Jankowitz. These are all people who've been humiliated by facts pushing disinformation themselves. And yet these these liberal, liberal mainstream media outlets, MSNBC and CNN, keep not only having them on, but keep celebrating them. Keep celebrating them. And this is the danger of this stuff happening. This story by Kerry Pickett is a, a, such a kick in the nuts that it's like hard to believe this is happening. Despite the FBI, they're, they're, they're screwing up every major crisis of our freaking time, they got burned again. Why? Because they want to get burned because they're starting the fire. Washington Times, this is in the newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to check it out. Russian spies in Ukraine suspected of duping the FBI to censor Americans on social media? (laughs) Why, Why do you think censoring people on social media is a bad idea? Keep that up a second. Outside of the fact that it's totally unconstitutional, turns out the FBI was enlisted by the security service of Ukraine after the Russian invasion to demand social media platforms take down posts and block accounts such as those belonging to American journalists, according to House Judiciary Committee investigators. What's the problem? It is now suspected 
Russian agents infiltrated the Ukrainian intelligence agency. It's amazing how much Russia, how this foreign, you guys are foreign agent stuff, has now taken over America to the point where effectively the Russian government controls American citizens' communications on the media. They, uh, Folks, listen, man, we are in a dangerous new place right now, and you better damn well be aware of it because we are in serious trouble if we don't shut this down. Here is another misinformation, Queen. Look at this Fox article. Jennifer Rubin, one of the dumbest people you have ever seen on the Internet. This is another pee-pee tape hoaxer, right? Writes for the Washington Post, used to pretend to be a centrist. This is why they got to shut you down so they can lie to you without it being countered by the actual truth. Did you hear this story this weekend? The Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, an idiot by every metric. She posts this insane, insane statistic that 670-something thousand people have left Florida. Like, oh my gosh, Florida is so placed. It's so crazy. These people have left. That's not the number. That's the number of people who entered Florida. How stupid do you have to be? Now, listen, to be fair, on my Fox show, a graphic went up one time where the graphic got screwed up. I'm just being candid with you. I, it's, my, it's my show. Ultimately, I'm responsible. But I didn't even know about the graphic. The graphic went up. I never mentioned it or referenced it. But still, that stuff happens. But I didn't see it. And you take, you take credit for it. But here's the thing. So, Dan, how's this different? They got the story ass backwards. 670,000 people entered Florida, didn't leave, and the story had been debunked three days before Ruben wrote the piece in the freaking Washington Post. That's a Maragay moment if I've ever seen it. Folks, the story had already been debunked three days before Ruben put it up. How stupid do you have to be? Read this epic correction in the Washington Post. This is some heavy-duty correctionism here. A previous version of this article mischaracterized Floridian state-to-state migration. According to the Census Bureau, more people moved into Florida than any other state that year. This version has been corrected. Wow, man, that's heavy. Dude, (laughs) the whole premise of the piece was that Florida is going to pay for being MAGA. People are moving out. The whole premise of the piece was written on a completely, completely debunked, discredited statistic. And this lady writes for the Washington Post. Folks, when you screw up, you screw up. But I got to tell you, they screw up all the time. And my bullshit meter with them is pretty much pegged. I'm done with it. Nothing of substance they tell you is true. Everything is BS all the time. I got more of it coming up in a second. Again, our last break. We appreciate your patience. One quick note, too. Uh, Paula just texted me during the show. Those, uh, here we go, the Don't Get Dead shirts here, they're going to go up at store.bongino.com, but uh, they'll be available for pre-sale, and she's, I don't know, give us a couple weeks to get them out. We didn't expect to get so much demand for this shirt. We, we're actually going to put them up as a surprise. So go after the show, store.bongino.com. It'll be a pre-sale. Just, you know, we'll get them to you, and, and we're working on it right now, but we really didn't... Uh, we didn't expect that much uh, that much interest, so um, we're kind of flattered, actually. Glad you like it. All right, thanks for your patience again. Here on the other side of this, I got, again, the White House just coming out with such heavy, hardcore disinformation. You need to have this stuff at your fingertips right away because we got an election season coming up. Helix Sleep, a great day begins with a great night's sleep. You're missing out if you're not sleeping on a Helix mattress. 
Helix offers 20 unique mattresses for big, tall, short, wide, even special ones for kids. To find the perfect fit, Helix provides a 100-night in-home sleep trial. That's a lot. No matter your sleeping position, Helix is the answer. Memory foam, hybrid, all the more responsive to the individual, which enha- with enhanced cooling features so you're not sleeping hot. Helix is about comfort, care, and a great night's sleep. My Helix mattress is the best I've slept on, and the setup was fast and easy. But don't just take my word for it. GQ and Wired Magazine named Helix their number one mattress. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz at helixsleep.com and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. As a bonus, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. I have the Midnight Lux. I love it. It's the best mattress I've ever slept on. It's their best offer yet. It won't last long. helixsleep.com slash Dan. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Thanks, Helix. Our last sponsor, again, we always appreciate your patience, is MyPatriotSupply.com. Why are so many people buying emergency food right now, me included? Because as tensions continue to escalate, our fragile food supply chain will break again. One shocking headline spreads panic like wildfire. Grocery stores are empty like that. What are you left? You're left with a wallet with money in it, but no food. What are you going to do? Eat the money? You can't do that. Have your emergency food now because calories are survival. Money isn't. Calorie is your survival in an emergency. You'll breathe easy knowing you can feed your family in a crisis. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com for your one-week emergency food supply. MyPatriotSupply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of happy, worry-free customers. It comes with a nifty ammo can that's loaded with delicious foods. There's no skimping with these meals offering 2,000 calories a day. Don't skip the special $30 savings available this week only. On the one-week emergency food supply, get one for every member of your family. It's a minimum one week. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Thanks, MyPatriotSupply. All right, here we go. As I told you before, we are in a fight for the future of this country. We are on the side of truth and honesty. We're the misfits, man. Nothing this administration of substance tells you is true. Everything is is a lie. Uh, The debunked portion of this show is important because there's an election coming up. You're going to be getting into debates. You're going to be getting into verbal kind of back and forth with people, and they're going to spout to you nonsense they heard on TV. Here's a perfect example right here. Here's a guy, you want to talk about the tragedy of expertise, a guy who claims economic expertise. He's one of Biden's primary economic advisors, Jared Jared Bernstein, telling you on how your buying power has somehow gone up and worker wages are better off. And you're scratching your head. You're like, really, bro? Because every time I go shopping, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of there with less food and spending more money. So weird. Here, take a listen. If you look at the 80% of the workforce that's blue collar, that's non-manager, middle paid workers, their pay is up 1.6% over the past year. It's up almost 3% since early, uh, since pre-pandemic. And, you know, that kind of buying power, again, feeds back into the economy, uh, helping to push the kind of momentum we've seen. That kind of buying power? You have buying power? Uh, Folks, listen, I just went to Google. Why did I go to Google? It's a left-wing hack site because it's a left-wing hack site. I literally went to Google and put, are real real wages going down? Here's the question. Here's the answer that came up. This is from a left-wing site. Google's an activist leftist site. Real wages are falling as well. Since President Biden took office, the increase in prices due to inflation is over 14% resulting in a loss in real wages of nearly 4% because average hourly wages have only risen 10% as of January of 2023. (laughs) What is this guy talking about? This is Scroogel. (laughs) This is left-wing Scroogel. Dan, it sounds like he's just making it up, that we're actually making less real money. It doesn't feel like that. It is that. 
That's why it feels like that, because you are making less money. That's why it feels like that, man, because you are making less money. These people are freaking liars, man. <sighs> Folks, the most dangerous part of this whole thing, however, is whenever you catch these dipwads in a lie, every single time when it's something of real substance, they go back to the same playbook. You've seen it before. It's Russian disinformation. Foreign agents are infiltrating this conservative movement. Here is this clown show, Jen Psaki, with I think Jamie Raskin, another goofball from Joe's state of Maryland there. Here's Jamie Raskin and Psaki talking again about how, oh my gosh, there's a lot of foreign agents, man, infiltrating this conservative movement that every single time, man, like your morning oatmeal, they go back to the same playbook. Take a look. So how concerned are you with that James Comer was the chairman of the committee was knowingly, unknowingly working with, co-opted by a foreign agent. I'm just concerned that um, the House Oversight Committee, which has a very proud history with, you know, Congressman Waxman as chair, uh, the great Elijah Cummings of Maryland as chair, is suddenly being compromised in a really serious way. Our legitimacy is being eroded by the tactics adopted. So just to be clear, guys, Jim Comer, Republican congressman, is now closing in on the biggest political scandal of our time with bank records to match it, that Hunter and Joe Biden may have taken tens of millions of dollars in bribes to influence decisions, influence serious political decisions. And what does Jen Psaki and clown show Jamie Raskin go right back to? Uh, I don't know, man. It could be Russian agents. could be foreign agents. If These people are full every single time. Everything they tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is garbage. It is crap. Throw it out the window. Ask your friends when they start, oh, Hunter Biden's really such a great guy. You know, listen, we got to defend. He's a drug user. He's got problems. Listen, I feel bad for any drug user with a problem, okay? It was in my family, too. Here's the problem. I don't stick drug-using family members on international deals with the Chinese Communist Party where they pay money through a proxy so that I can make decisions that benefit them. You made Hunter Biden a story, not us. And right back to the foreign agent thing, you're going to see it every single time coming up in this election. So, moving on a bit. So, I, I was bouncing around Turning Point this weekend, and uh, I... I you know, when you go to do these speeches a little behind the scenes, Turning Point or CPAC or whatever it may be, right? Usually what they do is you'll go in and you, you'll use like a, a loading dock entrance. You'll go backstage, you go on stage and you leave. You don't really, you don't really walk around too much. Now, I, I, I try and, you know, Joe and I used to do CPAC, not so much anymore, yeah. but uh, we used to try to say hello to everyone and walk around because that's, you know, you, you all support the show and that's the least we could do. But this time I made a commitment to kind of walk around a little bit. And we met a lot of people. We took a lot of pictures and stuff. Did some interviews with the Daily Signal and Breitbart and some others just to kind of, you know, get out there and, you know, see real people in real time. And the question I was asked more than anything is about this cocaine story at the White House. So it's been a fascinating update here. I'm going to get to it in a second. But I did a couple interviews on my book. Um, my book is coming out. You can buy it for pre-order right now. Uh, my, I'm very proud of it. I haven't mentioned it too much because I'm, you know, I'm not really into like shoving stuff down anybody's throat. I think it's kind of goofy, but I'm proud of the book. It's called The Gift of Failure. 
I did an interview with Charlie Kirk on his podcast, going to air this week, about a half an hour on this book. It's The book's a little embarrassing, got to be honest with you, because I write about a lot of stuff I screwed up. But it's it's a reverse self-help, self-help book. I got tired of self-help books where people tell you how great they are. I'm writing in this book about all the stuff I've screwed up. And believe me, some of it is epic, from Secret Service stuff to business stuff. And I want to show you how I dusted off and got up and fought back and did bigger and better things. Book's called The Gift of Failure. I only have a couple thousand signed copies, and honestly, they're almost gone. If you want a signed copy, you can go to premiercollectibles.com slash Bongino. It's up on the screen now. There's only a few left, um, but if you want just a regular old copy, you can go anywhere you buy your books. It's available today for pre-order, and uh, it's coming out soon, I think, in September. So we moved the date That's up. a good picture, man. That's, that looks good. You think so? Yeah, your skin looks A woman by nice, the name of Patty Marchese yeah, look, took that picture. Good. That picture was taken in my living room. Is that right? Um, I, yes, I was not feeling particularly good that day. <laughs> and so I'm shocked that picture is actually any good. But thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're a kind man. What would you say, Guy? Did you have a comment to add to the show? See, Guy thinks, thank you, Guy. Guy thinks the book is pretty funny at parts. I think it's funny, too, because I've screwed up so much stuff. Some of it's so stupid, you're going to laugh like, like the gas station story from the Secret Service. <laughs> the gas station Secret Service story, if you don't laugh, I'm telling you. Speaking of the Secret Service, perfect transition, totally unintended. I don't even know if you meant that. John Kirby, a dreadful White House spokesperson, not as awful as Kareem Jean-Pierre. This guy's actually a more skilled liar. Kirby was on this weekend talking about the cocaine thing. He's asked a question about this. Folks, there's been an interesting break in this. I'll get to that. I want to play this cut first. Remember, remember, this is a military man, John Kirby. Nobody knows national defense better than this guy, okay? He's got to understand, Kirby, that white powder made itself into the White House completely undetected. And he seems incredibly unconcerned. Well, it's serious, but... Listen to this cut uh, on the other side. I'll explain what I think really happened. Check this out. Certainly you can understand that Americans, many of them, first of all, are aghast that there was ever cocaine in the White House. We heard that there were reports of marijuana a couple of times found there last year as well. But more importantly, that it's case closed in less than two weeks. We know nothing about who brought this in, inability to track people, no surveillance cameras. What if it was something much more dangerous? Well, again, I can't really speak to the investigation that was done by the Secret Service. Uh, they did the best they could to, to track down uh, how it got there and, and who it might have belonged to and they just were not able to come up with any forensic evidence that that proves it but of course look we take this seriously that's not the kind of thing we want to see happen now it did happen in a visitor's uh, lobby area out just just outside the main west wing um uh, so it was highly trafficked area we're gonna take a look at uh uh, at how that happened and obviously we'll if there's things we can do to prevent that in in the future certainly we'll do that nobody's happy about this oh nobody's happy there you go (laughs) it is a military guy by the way someone in the chat he kind of i'm sorry someone annoyed me a little bit i forget who it was was please be honest dan they're book plates now i get why you said that so i'm that you they're not book plates i know it says that on the premiere site like i'm gonna have them change that i signed them they're not book plates they're signed but book plates are when a lot of authors do this i don't they sign stickers and they smack right. them in the book i don't do they're not book plate i don't care what it says on the site i'll have them change it they're not book plates so the person in the chat who said that I am being honest. I signed them. They're not book plates. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. I think I know. You know how I know? It's me. No one's signatures as ugly as mine. 
<laughs> what? Right? Can you guys attest to this? I have the worst signature ever. And but trust me, by the thousand book you sign, my signature is so bad, even I don't recognize my own signature. It's that bad. But it's me. I signed them, if that's the kind of thing you like. But getting back to this Secret Service story, I'm always all over the place on Monday. Post-millennial has a piece up, and here's the kicker, okay? Folks, one, I don't believe they didn't find a latent fingerprint on this plastic baggie. The only way a fingerprint would not appear on a baggie, because think about it. You have a small baggie, say, you know, this big of white powder in it. Yeah. Forget, you know, that that part's bad enough that white powder get in the white, but we covered that ad nauseum. I don't want to go back to that again. Think about this, right? I was watching an interesting segment last night on human touch and people who've lost arms and stuff like that. It was on 60 Minutes of All. But sir, the sir network, right? But how do you, if you were going to place a plastic baggie in a cubby, like the Secret Service and others are alleging happen, right? How do you do it? Let's see, we got something the size of a plastic baggie here. Uh, oh, look. small bag. A plastic baggie. This is a plastic bag. Yeah, there so we go. <laughs> it's probably a little smaller than this. But, Joe, now, yeah. guys, let's do a demo, okay? There's a cubby. I've, you've seen these cubbies. They're small. Right. They're like, you know, yay big or so. You just, you'd fit maybe, uh, uh, you know, a wallet and a cell phone in there. So you've got Coke. Yeah. You wind up getting the Coke past the checkpoint, which I still don't believe. I think it was bypassed, but we'll leave that for another day. Now you've got this baggie. You pull it out of your pocket. You're getting ready to go in. You're like, holy shit, I've got Coke. I better put this in the cubby. How do you do it now? Now, you know people are watching you because you're in the West Wing and there's cameras. So, you, of course, you're trying to be a little cryptic, right? So how do you get now? Here's the bag. Can we do a demo? Is this okay, guy? You think viewers want the demo? So there's no fingerprint. It's a non-pore substance. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, pick this is Donald Trump's pen. He signed the executive order for the wall with. Yeah. True story. He gave it to me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that'll work. Hold on. Oh, Whoa. yeah, that's real good. This, Justin says yeah. this is. No. I'm almost. Hold on. This is it. <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, Joe, this, Justin, this is inconspicuous. That ain't getting it, dude. Okay, I did it. Folks, I did it. There's no fingerprints on the baggie. Now, keep in mind. Wait, wait, even better. The baggie's in the pocket. How do we get the... Let's do... Hold on. Oh. Here. Hold on, guys. Let's do it. Need a, let's try to get out. No fingerprints. Need a, That's assuming I haven't touched it yeah. yet. Okay, I've wiped it down. Before I got in the white A pen or, or, or a key, that'll do it. Look at it. The, now we're this fishing is, down into the pocket. Here in the Joe's 17th <laughs> hole. We got He's it. pulling it out we of the pocket. <laughs> Joe, thank you for the narration. And Justin's <laughs> correct. Totally, completely inconspicuous. No one would know. Folks, yeah, amazing. do you understand how stupid this story is? That was it. You like my skills? Now, there's cameras watching you. Nobody's. How else would you get a baggie from your pocket in a thing without touching it with these things called fingerprints? Now, for those of you out there, by the way, let me let you in on another angle. Who are like, Dan, maybe they use their palms to do it. Okay, let's come get on, even more ridiculous. They do their palms. Here, they do their palms. And they did this. Okay, well, I can't read because my elbows don't work. But let's just say that happened, right? Here's the crazy thing. <laughs> the Secret Service and the FBI, by the way, have a laboratory of palm prints, too. Why would we have palm prints on file? And a lot of them. Because when people sign counterfeit checks... 
which the Secret Service investigates. How do they sign them, Joe? With their palms down. So we have palm prints, too. So it's really weird. Like, this story makes absolutely no sense. So here's the post-millennial. The Secret Service spokesman, who I had no reason to disbelieve before that, he has an interesting little caveat in here, talking about the baggie and the allegations that they do have a fingerprint, which they're saying they don't. He says, but I can say definitely that we do have the reporting back from the FBI. And it did say there's no physical evidence on that thing. That thing, I did not plan this, by the way, the earpiece thing. That thing is the baggie. So assuming for a second the ridiculous that there is no physical evidence on that thing, just assume that's right. I doubt that. Uh I would bet my right arm on it. How did that thing get in the cubby? Oh, do we have to do the demo again? Let's get the cubby. There's a key to open the cubby. So you magically get the key, turn it sideways. How did that happen? Nobody touched the cubby either? Uh, Geese, I know. Geese, come on. Uh, Folks, this story's bullshit. I'm sorry. I know we got a lot of stuff. The story is absolute bullshit. Somebody from the White House is pressuring them to make this thing go away. That is why, by the way, it's... (laughs) These guys, man. It's like they they think this is their show. It's like the Gee Cohen show here. This is why it's more likely every single day that Biden will not be the nominee. Listen, political predictions are stupid. Why? Because what's the sense of it? There's a, you, you had a 50-50 shot of being wrong and looking like an idiot. I'm just telling you, we talk about politics on this show. With every passing day of another Biden scandal, cocaine gate, Hunter Biden gate, whatever the hell the gate may be, right? And yes, some people oh, don't use the gate term. You're associating with Watergate and Richard Nixon. No, no, no. No, we should absolutely use it. They wanted to make that a trade name for political scandals and attach it to Republicans. We're going to steal it and attach it to Democrats. I hate when people tell me that. Don't use a gate thing. No, no. Use the damn gate thing. Every day, it's more likely that he's not going to be the nominee. Now, who's in their bullpen? Bring in the lefty, Kamala Harris. Folks, this lady is even more disastrous than Biden. She has, I've never seen someone with worse and cringy speaking abilities. And Biden's a better speaker than she is. She has these verbal tics. Here's one of them. She uses this line all the time. I want you to listen for it right here. And I got a super cut coming up next. This is funny. Check this out. And it is with this understanding, this vision to see what can be unburdened by what has been. She has used this unburdened by what has been line a thousand times. It is not. It's ridiculous. She's got like a verbal tick with it. How did we get this from Tom Elliott over at Gravy? And someone picked up on this this weekend. I can't claim credit for it. I've heard what is RNC research. I've seen it before. Here is about a minute. This goes on, by the way, for like three minutes. I had to cut it short for radio. Here's about a minute of Kamala Harris, the same line over and over. Now, keep in mind, I give speeches. No two speeches are the same. Maybe a couple stories are the same, maybe themes, but no two speeches are ever the same. Kamala Harris. Same thing every single time. Take a listen. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be 
unburdened by what has been, what can be, unburdened by what has been. What we can see, what we believe can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. Who we can be, unburdened by who we have been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. Where we can be, unburdened by where we have been, and unburdened by where we are right now. What can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. She does this all the time. This is the this is number two. The lefty bring her out of the bullpen. This is the deuce. This is this is their backup plan. Let me tell you, man. I'm feeling pretty good about election 2024. By the way, something I want to address about this. There's an article I brought up last week. This is important because this has kind of gone a little bit nuclear in certain circles. Peggy Noonan wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal. Now, just to be clear about Peggy Noonan, she is about as anti-Trump as you're going to get. She has her reasons. I'm going to say in advance, there's a lot of people I don't like out there. Peggy Noonan isn't one of them. I've enjoyed her work at the Wall Street Journal for a long time. Her writing is amazing. She's got a gift for speech writing, but I think the gift is her curse. I love her stuff, and we can disagree, and I, can, I still think she writes some really amazing stuff, and I will continue to read it. I've referenced it many times, and just because we disagree about Trump doesn't mean I think she's a horrible person. Um, having said, I do think a lot of other people are horrible. I'm not afraid to say it, obviously. But Peggy Noonan has what I refer to often as the speechwriter's curse. Being a speechwriter and a writer in general, you know, there's always this tendency to kind of look out for the halcyon days, to write things in eloquent terms, to seek the best in people all the time, which is great and fine. But unfortunately, it's not the real world. The world is mercenary. The world is Manichaean at times. It's full of a lot of beauty, but it's full of a lot of pain. And I think Peggy Noonan, as a writer and a speechwriter, trying to see the glorious side of life all the time, tends to view things in black and white when the hard reality is the entire world is on the margin. So she wrote this piece, and I've been avoiding it for a bit uh, because I want to figure out what I want to say about it. But it was, it was, it was written on July 6th, and it, she wants Trump to reach his Waterloo. In other words, she wants this guy to go away. And in it, she writes about this discussion she had with one of Donald Trump's New York supporters. And this is the line that went viral. The reporter, uh, the uh, supporter told Peggy Noonan, you know, Trump's got a great record, the Abraham Accords. And Peggy Noonan sounds, he says, uh, she insults the guy, by the way, says, I spoke slowly, I guess, trying try to insult him. She said to him, I'll tell you what he is. He is a bad man. I know it. And if I were less a courteous person, I would say that you know it too. Well, a lot of letters were written to the Wall Street Journal about this piece. I want to say a couple things about it. Number one, Peggy, woman, Peggy Noonan's a smart woman. She's not stupid. But this is a clear oversimplification of morality. What does bad mean, Peggy? He raised great kids. Yeah, he's got his mar marital troubles, clearly with some kind of a playboy in his life, said some objectionable things. But what does bad mean to you? Is Joe Biden a good man? How? How do you measure that on net? Don't tell me about bad things they did. Tell me about good things they did versus bad things they did. And on net and on the margin, what does bad or good mean? What does bad mean? We're all bad men. 
And I mean, you, you're clearly aware of what Lord Acton said. Power corrupts absolute power, corrupts absolutely. Uh, all, all powerful men are, are going to be bad men. So what does that mean? If they're all going to be bad men in the end, isn't it who's less bad? So what does that mean? Don't you owe the audience a description of exactly what that means? Does he have a bad temper? I'd agree. Does he say some things that are objectionable? Yeah, I'd agree. But you kind of leave out a lot of important stuff, right? A flourishing economy, tax cuts, at least some effort to rein in, rein in this deep state, the firing of Jim Comey, the Abraham Accords, regulatory reform. Would you rather be in that country or the country we're in now with Joe Biden? Because who's the bad man now? A bad man compared to what? It's another question. Compared to Biden? Compared to Chris Christie, who she seems to really like? Chris Christie involved in his own scandals? Do those scandals make him a bad man? That led to legal action, too. Serious legal action. Is he a bad man? What evidence do you have? What about the you know, kids he's helped, people he's helped that he doesn't talk about? What about the calls to people when other politicians just sit there and can't do personal politics? The time he spends with people who really don't matter. I think you're confusing his transactional nature with badness and goodness without any comparison or evidence and no serious metric for telling us what bad man means. You know, good people lie all the time. Good people lie all the time and do bad things. That doesn't make them on the margin bad men. And Adam Smith said it once, you know. People want to be considered lovely, too. Trump has that kind of transactional nature where he wants to be loved by people. But does that make him a bad man? I'd like to hear you explain that away. I'll say it again. I respect your work a lot. It's not personal. But he's a bad man. It's not going to suffice when the country's future is at stake. You owe the audience a little bit more than that. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Paula just put the shirt up at the store, store.bongino.com. Don't get dead. I'll also pick up a copy of my book today for pre-order, uh, Gift of Failure. Really appreciate it. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Join us every day at 11 o'clock for the chat. We so deeply appreciate it. You all are the best. Ian, uh, Justin, start at 10. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Give us a follow there as well. It's all free. And you'll get notifications when the show goes live. I'll see you back here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.